0: while supplies last. Visit plantstrong.com today. Sometimes we all need a carrot that's dangling right in front of our noses to help get us out that door on a consistent basis and reach some of our goals. And so I want to dangle a little carrot in front of you here today, and I want you to put this on your calendar and join me I am so over-the-top excited to invite you all to join Team Plant Strong. It is our new national movement to celebrate how the benefits of a whole food, plant-strong lifestyle can keep us active and allow us to move our bodies and feel utterly fantastic. I want to invite you to train with the team and complete your choice of either a 5K, a half marathon, or even a full marathon You take your pick of the litter. Now, our first event is going to take place here in Austin, Texas, on February 19th. And you're all invited to come and finish the race in my hometown of eclectic, iconic, and the capital of Texas, Austin. But, hey, I completely understand if you can't make the trip, you can still complete the goal virtually and earn a medal from this iconic first event. We'll also send you our team Plan Strong racing shirt, and you'll get access to our training plans, coaches, and everything that's inside our private community. If you've never run before, hey, no sweat, you just get over here. Walkers, you're absolutely welcome. Beginners are more than welcome. And season runners, absolutely, we would love for you to partake as we all work together towards this common goal. I can't wait to meet all of you. Come on now. Join Team Plan Strong at planstrongfoods.com slash team. So the
1: median age, the average age in America where you get breast cancer is 62, which actually then means that, you know, half of women are at or above 62 and half of women are under 62. And I love dispelling this fear and myth for women because a lot of women know, yeah, one in eight gets breast cancer. That ultimately is a 12.8% lifetime chance. So if you wake up every morning thinking you have a 12.8% chance of getting breast cancer diagnosed today, you might feel like you're all gonna have it by next summer, right? So if you're 20 something, the chance of getting breast cancer between 20 and 30 is one in 1,479 women. Between 30 and 40, it's 1 in 209. Between 40 and 50, it's 1 in 65. Between 50 and 60, it's 1 in 42. Between 60 and 70, it's 1 in 28. Between 70 and 80, ding, ding, ding! Yeah. One in 25. So, this is our highest risk decade of life in which to get breast cancer, 70 to 80. Wow. And then 80 to 90 is one in 33. So, when you add in all the one ins that I just went through, you end up with a lifetime risk of one in eight. But it isn't one in eight every day of your life.
0: I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. I am thrilled to welcome back to the Plant Strong podcast for not her first, not her second, but her third appearance on the show, our cancer crushing warrior, Dr. Christy Funk. She is a board certified breast cancer surgeon and physician. She is a best selling author of the book Breasts, the Owner's Manual. She is an international keynote speaker and women's health advocate. Simply put, she is an encyclopedia of knowledge with a dynamo personality, which is why I love having her on the show to ask questions about the latest in cancer prevention research. Today, we are going to catch up on some of that research and, and specifically discuss four healthy lifestyle habits that will help minimize your risk of breast cancer while optimizing your health for the long haul. And who doesn't want those things? Now, the four pillars that we're going to talk about, one, eating a plant-based diet. Well, that's obviously a bit of a no-brainer considering this is the Plant Strong Podcast. Two, why maintaining a healthy weight is so important for warding off cancer and specifically breast cancer. Three, the importance of regular exercise. And and lastly, why we want to consider putting the kibosh on our alcohol consumption. And don't turn off the podcast, just listen and take it in. Now, I want you to know that today we spend most of the time on the benefits of plants. And one of the big takeaways for me was was just learning about how easy and simple additions to your diet can have really profound benefits, even if you're not plant perfect. And I'm talking about easy things like adding in a little fruit each day or what a couple tablespoons of flax to your meals can do. But it's these little changes that can even make a huge difference in slowing down cancer and prohibiting it from, from growing. And that's what I love about Christy. It doesn't matter if she's on Good Morning America, the Rachel Ray Show, which, by the way, she was just on, or the Plant Strong podcast, she is always unapologetically promoting the benefits of plants to crush cancer. So let's get right down to it with Dr. Christy Funk. So Christy, this is the third time that you've joined me on the podcast. The first one, it was episode number 65 for people that want to go back and check it out. Of course, we were talking all about this gorgeous piece of work, Breast the Owner's mm-hmm. Manual. What a gem this is, truly. After, after that podcast came out, I had more People that stopped me and told me how much they loved you loved the interview, uh I gave away my two copies of the book. I just got this new one in yesterday, so I could hold it up and show it to everybody. But this is a gem, an absolute gem Thank and you. then and then you were also on episode one fourteen. We actually took a, a segment of you from Plan stock. You joined us for plan stock two thousand twenty one and um and and that was episode one fourteen. So here we are. uh, Who knows what episode this will be, probably in the 180s or so. But, you know, I I wanted to revisit with you because, you know, this message of yours is it's just it's so vitally important. I want women to hear about it. Obviously, I think you told me last time that you were on breast cancer also affects men. Right.
1: (laughs) Indeed, it does. Uh, So. It's about 1.3 out of every 100,000 men. So a far cry from the one in eight for women. However, men don't realize that they have breasts. So 2,710 will be diagnosed with breast cancer this year and 530 will die. So it is important that men realize that they have breast tissue. Do you want to know a little fun fact about why that is?
0: I would would love to. But first, before before I want to know this, how do you keep all these numbers in your brain so elaborately and so perfectly like 2,713? I mean, how do you do that?
1: It is an oft repeated stat of mine. So you will hear me go, uh, I've got to look that up if I don't know what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what's the fun fact?
1: In utero, the first tiny little fetus, six weeks of life, We are all the greater sex. We are all tiny little baby fetus girls. (laughs) And then testosterone comes out and ruins it all. But the nipples and the breast bud have already formed. So they just stick around and out for all of men's lives.
0: Isn't that something else? So, Christy, um, you you identify yourself as a health warrior. Mm. And to me, you use a lot of language, like couched in that terminology, right? I mean... We're gonna crush cancer, and 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 the way you talk about like phytonutrients and and all these wonderful substances that are in plants. I mean, it is like really it, it gets me when I'm listening to you talk, like super jazzed and like yeah, I want to be part of that team. Um, totally.
1: Yeah, like chew down and swallow some turmeric and blueberries, and you're like eh, take that cancer.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I want to jump into, and I I know you've 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 said this probably a thousand times, but I want to do it. And then I want to like dive into a little bit of each of these four things. So you were recently on Rachel Ray. I was. How was that? Was that fun?
1: Fantastic. She is the funniest host. She just like jives with you back and forth. It's so fun. I love being on her show.
0: Yeah. You guys had a really fun exchange about mushrooms and fungi and fungi and
1: <laughs> her fun husband. Yeah, it was yeah. cute.
0: Yeah but I'd love for us to go through like the four plan attack that you've outlined. And I mean, when did you outline this? And I've seen a lot of big celebrities that are helping you get behind this four plan of attack.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Dr. Neil Barnard and I had a little powwow of four years ago or so. And he was like, what do you think are the main controllable contributors to breast cancer? And without hesitation from my, evidence-based research, in my opinion, it's going to be eating, well, the the risk factors are eating animal protein and fat. So conversely, eat a whole food plant-based diet. Number two, being overweight or obese. So get to your ideal body weight and stay there. Number three, being sedentary. So bust a move. And number four, drinking alcohol. So cut back or stop.
0: Right. So let's start, if you don't mind, I'd like to spend a little time on each one of those. Love it. So let's start with, okay, you just named four of those four. If I only want to do one of those four, what, which one would you recommend? What's the most important? Eat plants. Okay. Eat plants. Talk to me about plants and why plants are so important in preventing and reducing our chances of breast cancer.
1: So I think what you need to realize in quite simple terms is that every time you chew and swallow you're releasing chemicals and ingredients like the the little cellular makeup of whatever you chewed and swallowed gets into your bloodstream gets into your body and starts bathing cells right so you want to think of your cells as sitting in this little bathtub and if that cell happens to be mutated and is cancerous you don't want what you just chewed and swallowed Mm -hmm. down to be feeding and fueling it. You don't want it to have its lavender salts and its little rubber ducky and the bubbles, right? You need it to be like in plain water, like this isn't any good apoptosis. I think I'll die now, right? So what feeds and fuels cancer? Estrogen. 80% of breast cancers are fed and fueled by estrogen. So your ovaries make estrogen. You don't have to do anything about that uh, necessarily. If you have cancer, we sometimes shut them down. But you know, in your natural life, uh, when you go through menopause, maybe we should acknowledge that it's we're done with the estrogen and find alternatives to hot flashes, mood swings, vaginal dryness, and the rest of menopause's gifts. Um, in other words, don't take excessive estrogen in life. And then number three, don't be overweight or obese. We'll get into that in more detail, yep. but it has to do with the fact that the fact that fat makes yet more estrogen. But the fourth sneaky one that I don't think people think about is when you chew and swallow down an animal, it was a living being, it had estrogen and you're swallowing it down. And you probably aren't gonna find any higher estrogen content in a food than in cheese, where you've got 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese and you supersize that little cow that was, by the way, recently uh, pregnant or pregnant now, like a high estrogenic state its entire life. The second it can't make milk, gonzo, right? So these are high estrogenic foods high IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor, the big daddy that screams at everything, including your cancer to grow, grow bigger, grow into metastases. Number three, angiogenesis, the birth of blood vessels to a tumor. You have to have angiogenesis occur if you are a cancer that aspires to be bigger than the tip of a ballpoint pen, which of course is every cancer's dream, right? So angiogenesis. And all of this kind of cascades into chronic inflammation, free radical formation, immune system damage. And now you're just kind of paralyzed when a cell gets damaged, your immune system's like, I'm so busy over here dealing with all the inflammation, the estrogen, the IGF-1. I, I, Sorry, I didn't see that one happen. Oops, mm-hmm. got away. So plants, on the other hand, quell all of that oxidative stress, that madness. One of my favorite studies was a very simple one. It I don't think we talked about it before. Um, it has to do with, they took 38 hyperlipidemic men and women and they measured their hourly oxidized LDL cholesterol. So this is a measure kind of of oxidative stress after a meal. Yeah. Oxidative stress is that thing that's just like pff, pounding at your cells all day long. We're kind of grateful for it in that free radicals um, make you breathe. So I'm grateful for that. Or if you cut yourself open, pff, brings all the inflammation and healing to that area. But in excess, It's very damaging. So what happens when you take these 38 men and women and you give them a sad breakfast, right? Standard American diet, pancakes and eggs, steak and bacon, Um, then they measure their hourly cholesterol. Up, 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 noon, hamburger and fries, up, 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 dinner. Okay, these people are going to bed every night with fewer antioxidants than when they woke up. So antioxidants are going to quell the oxidative madness. And really the only good place you ever find any antioxidants are in plants. There are 64 times the amount of antioxidants on average found in plants versus animals.
0: Powerful. That's powerful. It's
1: so powerful because especially when you realize a mere wimpy, like not wimpy, but just a mere cup of blueberries, which is completely something you could down easily any time of day, has the equivalent amount of antioxidants. So one little cup of blueberries, which is 57 calories and 0.3 grams of fat. How many slices of pizza do you think, Rip, you would have to eat? Because, you know, your carnivore friends are going to be like, ah, come on, there's antioxidants in meat and cheese.
0: Yeah. Is this a TGIF uh, pizza or where's the pizza from?
1: Domino's. Cheese pizza from Domino's.
0: Okay. I'm going to say eight slices. 27.5. <laughs> That's ridiculous.
1: Right? For a mere 7,590 calories and 323 grams of fat. Or you can have the cup of blueberries. So back to our hyper-lipid, hyperlipidemic peeps, okay? Yeah. This is the beauty of the study. This will transform your eating forever, even if you are just kind of moving yourself closer, your plant forward and not totally plant-based. Listen and learn same people next day same sad meal pancakes and bacon with a cup of strawberries hourly oxidized ldl cholesterol down down below baseline down and then up to normal for lunch hamburger and fries one cup of strawberries and now the strawberries are like are you kidding me so it like inches up just a wee bit up 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 dinner back to baseline okay so the antioxidant power in a mere cup of strawberries was so powerful to negate all that oxidative madness that initially it actually went lower, but then it just basically nullified all of the madness that that terrible meal had caused in terms of oxidative stress. But what if, right? What if the meal had been steel-cut oats and that cup of blueberries with some flaxseeds, a little cinnamon, a couple of... Um,
0: Talk uh, to me, sister. Talk right, to me.
1: Right? And soy milk as your base. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, those phytochemicals, those plant based chemicals, are going to take away the bubbles, take away the lavender salts, take away the little rubber ducky. And now the cancer cells, like, where did it all go? Where's all my angiogenesis and my estrogen and my inflammation and my IGF 1? It's gone. Oh, I'm gone. Boom, cancer cell eliminated. And now these chemicals are like, what else can we do today? Oh, atherosclerotic plaque. Let's just, mm, mm, mm. I think I know a guy that in 2007 published a book all about preventing and reversing heart disease. I bet he eats oatmeal for breakfast.
0: I think you're right. I think
1: I'm right. So the point simply being from this, major like, eye-opener for me when I was writing my book, Breast the Owner's Manual, which you displayed, yep. and I was a Mediterranean diet, lean meats, chicken, turkey, fish, lots of fruits and veggies kind of girl, right? Never read her processed meat. Well, I had processed meat. I guess they had turkey slices, but they were organic and that's okay, right? No, not right. But in that mindset, I was learning and writing and transforming my own belief system on how food affects health. And this study was such an eye-opener for me, as simple as it is. Are you kidding me? A cup of strawberries, that's not even the most antioxidant laden berry there is. So, <laughs> what if what if you had some Indian gooseberries there or blueberries? Anyway, the the uh, point about plants is that they do indeed have the power to be lowering estrogen, anti angiogenic, squelching away the blood vessels that are nourishing that cancer. And then eventually when it gets to be a big enough thing, boom! exit strategy straight through those same blood vessels to the brain, to the bone, to the liver, right? And who has to slow that down is you. And it's so simple. You just chew and swallow. And let a food do its magic.
0: You mentioned a term earlier, and I'd love for you to let everybody know what it means. You said apoptosis.
1: Apoptosis is programmed cell death. Uh-huh. But in easy layman's terms, it's it's cancer cell suicide. One of my favorite, did I already say one of my favorites? I say that a lot. There was a uh, the muffin study.
0: Study? No, we haven't heard the muffin study.
1: Oh, let me introduce you to the muffins. It
0: makes me think though of Shrek. You know, there was like a big muffin, I think, man or something. But okay. Yeah,
1: muffin man, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, this is going to be a fun one. Again, these are like simple little things that you add into your diet and it's so transformative inside of your body. So flax seeds. Flax, you may know as the most concentrated form of healthy omega-3 fatty acids on the planet. Great. But what I love about flax even more is lignans. Lignans is a phytoestrogen uh, and it has incredible power to disable cancer cells. And let me demonstrate with a study. So this Muffin study took 32 breast cancer patients who had had a biopsy of breast cancer. And on that little core that diagnosed the cancer, they ran three tests. One was to look at the KI-67, which is the division rate on tumors. It answers the question, what percentage of cells are one becoming two right now? KI-67. They looked at the expression of C or B2, a very aggressive marker, badness if it's high. And... Your favorite word in mine, apoptosis. Mm. What percentage of cells under this microscope here are actually imploding? Okay, so we got that data. Everybody gets a muffin, except half of you get a muffin stuffed secretly with two tablespoons of ground flax seeds a day. The other has a placebo, a muffin a day. Nothing else was changed. This is slice of American pie people, right? These aren't all plant-based or whatnot people. They're just doing whatever they were doing otherwise, right? Probably having chicken for dinner. So muffin, 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 vegan junk food every day. Then they have their definitive surgery, lumpectomy, mastectomy, and the whole tumor's out. Ah, let's look at it again. What did two uh, tablespoons of ground flax seeds do in a mere five weeks of time? No idea. Oh, I do. I know. (laughs) I'll tell you. The KI-67, the division rate, dropped by 34.2%. That would be over a third drop, tumors turning away, doubling itself, 34%. You have like a one centimeter cancer, generally about three to six months later, depending on what your age is, a one centimeter cancer dividing it, say, 60% would be 1.6 centimeters, how the division rate works. So now all of a sudden, just because you have some flax, three months later, it's one point three centimeters or no down by a third, 1.4 centimeters. So that was, that's my favorite one. I love Ki 67 The c two expression dropped by 71%. And our favorite thing, apoptosis increased by 30.7% just from flax. So again, what if it hadn't been just a junk food muffin and then your diet with pizza and chicken as you know, it normally was.
0: And all that sounds st- st- statistically significant, and it sounds like all the uh, the markers are moving in the right direction.
1: Exactly. They are all slowing the cancer down and disabling it from re- getting the things it needs to survive and thrive inside of you.
0: So before we finish talking about plant-based foods, I'm going to throw out some different ingredients that you make in your Dr. Christy Funk, like world-renowned smoothie, right? <laughs> Cancer-kicking compound smoothie. Yeah. Well, let's start with, you like a cup and a half of soy. People are wigged out about soy. Let everybody know why whole soy, like soy milk, is not a bad thing.
1: Right. So it is not only not a bad thing, it's an extremely good thing and should be on your menu for two to three servings a day. So what exactly happened because I thought soy was a phytoestrogen. I hear the word estrogen. You just said 80% of cancers love it. Yeah. Um, so I think I confessed a few thousand times now but there's. I feel like I need to just say it over again. So sorry if you were one of my patients for the 18 years that I screamed at you to spit the meso out of your mouth because it's an estrogen. What do you think you're doing? You have an estrogen cancer and you're just fueling it. You think that cancer cell cares with its discriminating taste of where that estrogen came from? I think not, my friend. Okay, I'm rethinking that. So I went into the data to prove with science and facts that that stance was, in fact, correct. And so embarrassing, completely wrong. Let me tell you why. First of all, I think most of the bad rap came from a study that was like uh, shot her around the world where mice were grafted with breast cancer tumors. I'm not a fan of animal Studies, but we have this study, so we may able to learn from it, right? They grafted them with breast cancer, and they fed them soy, and all the cancers grew. Well, that's all I needed to know, lady. You can't have soy; it makes breast cancer grow if you are a mouse. So sometimes the data transfers well to humans, and a lot of drugs are developed that way, etc. But in this case, it turns out that mice metabolize isoflavones like genistein and daidzein very differently than humans, mm. and in humans, it is breast cancer preventive. So let me explain. We have two receptors for estrogen in our bodies. Alpha is on the cancer cell. So when estrogen hits it, it tells the cell, hey, multiply and divide. But with 1600% more affinity, the phytoestrogens in soy hit beta receptors. And beta receptors do some very fancy things. First of all, they shut alpha down. So it's off the cancer cell now. It has no antenna to get its fuel. And secondly, it goes out into your fat cells, where I already mentioned there's that aromatase enzyme making yet more estrogen, turns the enzyme off. Hmm. And it doesn't have to do just with estrogen. We don't really understand all the benefits of soy because there are several studies that show a dramatic decrease in estrogen negative cancers, So it's more than just an anti-estrogen. It's anti-carcinogenic, anti-angiogenic on multiple levels. Every single human study ever done with soy and breast cancer, every single one uniformly shows a decrease in occurrence, recurrence, and death from breast cancer, whether you had never an estrogen positive or negative cancer. And generally, across all studies, it's at least a 30% drop. Some are as high as 60% drop. In breast cancer occurrence, recurrence, and death. So
0: that's that's the re- the real the real deal right there with soy.
1: That's the real deal because it's in humans with breast cancer. It doesn't get any more real than that. And there are multiple multi-ethnic studies. One of my favorite, most recent ones um, was from 2020, and it comes out of Loma Linda, where they followed 52,000 North American women. I particularly like this study because. of the patients were black, and I think our African-American sisters are definitely underrepresented in multiple studies, um, no matter what you're looking at. And in this particular study, in the follow-up of 7.9 years, there were 1,057 breast cancers that developed. Oh, let's have a look. Who got the most cancer? Well, the most cancer was in the highest, they compared it to dairy consumption and soy milk consumption. So the highest amount of breast cancer was in your highest dairy milk consumers. And interestingly, when you compared the highest dairy to dairy, so 90th percentile to 10th percentile of dairy milk consumers, cow milk, they had a 50% increase. So just the more milk you drink from a cow, the higher your risk. But what about the soy milk drinkers? They looked at the median intake. So this is average because sometimes these studies, I think, can get a little skewed. You're like the highest versus the lowest concerns. Yeah. It's like, well, who drinks that much, really? So this was just your average amount. And I don't remember what it was. It wasn't a lot. It was like a half a cup a day. If you drank soy milk, though, instead of dairy milk, you had a 32% drop in breast cancer. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful study because it's so um, high volume in your number, like 52,000 and longevity, almost eight years. Yeah. But I can go on and on. I won't.
0: <laughs> you could, you really could, but we've got a we got a lot of information that I want to cover here in thirty minutes.
1: I know, wait, but so, I want to tell you one cool study because it's, it's hot off the press, and I think you will love this.
0: Okay, yes, I know
1: you will love this, and you may not have heard about this one. So this was a study uh, that just came out in June two thousand twenty-two. It's a cohort study over twelve years follow-up of sixty-five thousand women that. Um, adhered to a plant-based diet. And what they found was that there was over a a 20% increase in breast cancer risk for those amongst this group who Mm -hmm. followed an unhealthy plant-based diet. So we're all vegan in this cohort, but there's an unhealthy version and there's a healthy version. And I'm sure everyone listening and you can easily guess that the unhealthy version had a ton of processed foods, high in saturated fats, trans fats from our hydrogenated soybean oils, et cetera, processed foods, cookies, cakes, bagels, chips, crackers, et cetera. So it does matter what plant-based food you are putting in that mouth
0: and swallowing down. Absolutely. We're all about the whole food plant-based, not the, not the processed. Well, I love the way too, when you're talking about soy products, you talk about how it prevents the occurrence, reoccurrence, and death, or helps, yeah, slow that down, prevent it. Um, you just rattle that off. Occurrence, reoccurrence, and death. <laughs> I said <it> before. <laughs> uh, uh, so, what you also have cinnamon and turmeric and black pepper. Like, so, what is it about these that you're so so like um, fond of?
1: Right. So all of these are anti inflammatories. Turmeric, if you don't know, is made to thousand percent more bioavailable by combining it with the piperine from black pepper and it is fat soluble so when you're eating your turmeric with some pepper it'd be nice to throw a healthy fat on there like the flax seeds we just went through right turmeric um has been compared in petri dishes to dripping curcumin which is the bioactive ingredient like the major one that turns your blender ochre yellow um so the uh curcumin drip drops versus the whole turmeric plant drip drops onto a petri dish filled with human breast cancer cells go ahead to head turmeric wins so while it's all healthy and i don't want the uh the best to be the to victimize better right you got like good better best that was always a saying in surgery like it stop don't go for best you're at better We could do harm if we go for best. You're not going to do harm with getting, you know, a more whole food eating the turmeric. But I just don't want you to think like, oh, I can't have the curcumin. Of course you can. But that's interesting, right? Again, we're back to these synergistic effects in our whole foods over which we don't have complete knowledge. But just know that more of the whole food in its initial form is always more beneficial. So turmeric has been shown to stop tumor invasion. So the little life cycle of cancer cell is first it mutates, then it proliferates in place and then it invades through wherever it is. We could be talking about a breast milk duct for an invasive ductal cancer. We could be talking about a colon cell for an invasive colon cancer, a gastric, any cancer, right? It has to invade. Mm. Then it has to get into a blood vessel or lymphatic and then it circulates. And then all of a sudden it says, I want out. And it has to extravasate into the new organ where it invades again, liver, lung, brain, bone. Then it's like, Oh man, I'm all alone here. I got to start all over again. I need whatever estrogen, angiogenesis, some veg F factors, et cetera. And then I'm going to multiply and divide in place, take this organ down. And that ultimately leads to someone's death from cancer because it's in an organ. You cannot live without like lung, liver, brain, or bone. Whereas Breast, and a breast breast, cancer in a breast will never kill you. It has to go somewhere and shut something else down. Yeah, Turmeric stops that whole process. Like at every point, it's like, no, you're not invading today. Mm, no, nope, you're not getting your angiogenesis today.
0: I, uh, I'm i going to come back to your smoothie in a second, but I want to take a quick detour because you, you, know, you mentioned it invades organs and then death. And I saw on your Instagram.
1: And that was so uplifting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you had a post. About Kelly Preston, John Travolta's wife, who died of breast cancer, uh, if, uh, and you mentioned in it the, the question was: Is a does a pregnancy of forty eight elevate her breast cancer risk factor? And it does, in your opinion, does it?
1: So the. Evidence shows it's sort of a a, a mixed bag. So yes, it elevates cancer risk, but only for the decade after pregnancy. And we're talking about it elevating cancer risk relative to a nulliparous woman, which is the doctor talk for never having had a full-term pregnancy. So it elevates it about 40% higher than the nulliparous woman, but only for the decade after that pregnancy. And then you actually have decreased risk relative to the nulliparous woman. Why? A couple of reasons. It is a high estrogenic state when you're pregnant and lactating. And so if there's already a mutated cell in your breast, it's going to get stimulated. So the pregnancy itself didn't cause the mutation. It already existed there in like a tiny little form. And now all of a sudden it came to light. So probably you're just being diagnosed maybe five years before you otherwise would have had this cancer.
0: Yeah. So you, you have some, some stats that I find to be truly interesting. And one of them is you say that only about 5% of breast cancer in women are under the age of 40, Mm -hmm. Um, which, and that, and that's something that you said has been holding stable since about 2005, because I think most people, most women, most humans probably are not aware that the vast majority of breast cancer hits women when they're over age 40.
1: Indeed. So those are not my stats, but the stats of the American Cancer Society, just in case anyone's wondering where I come up with that. Um, And so the median age, the average age in America where you get breast cancer is 62, which actually then means that, you know, half of women are at or above 62 and half of women are under 62. And I love dispelling this fear and myth for women because a lot of women know, yeah, one in eight gets breast cancer. Mm -hmm. That ultimately is a 12.8% lifetime chance. So if you wake up every morning thinking you have a 12.8% chance of getting breast cancer diagnosed today, you might feel like you're all going to have it by next summer, right? So the breakdown that I want you to understand is how old are you And here's your risk of getting breast cancer this decade. So if you're 20-something, the chance of getting breast cancer between 20 and 30 is 1 in 1,479 women. Between 30 and 40, it's 1 in 209. Between 40 and 50, it's 1 in 65. Between 50 and 60, it's 1 in 42. Between 60 and 70, it's 1 in 28. Between 70 and 80, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. One in 25. So this is our highest risk decade of life in which to get breast cancer, 70 to 80. Wow. And then 80 to 90 is one in 33. So when you add in all the one-ins that I just went through, you end up with a lifetime risk of one in eight, but it isn't one in eight every day of your life.
0: Got it, got it. And then you also, I mean, have the number or <laughs> the the CDC or is our American Cancer right. Society yeah. that is only five to 10% of breast cancer is inherited as a inherited genetic mutation.
1: Right. So we're talking about genes that you get from mom or dad, like BRCA, chek 2 PALB2, and these create a very strong genetic predisposition to getting breast and other cancers associated with that mutation because it's broken. So most of these mutations are like fixer genes. For example, BRCA. When your BRCA is broken, it doesn't do its job. We all have BRCA, two of them, and they function. And when they do, they see a breast or an ovarian or pancreatic, or a melanoma cell and it's like swoops in and fixes the DNA mutation or throws it away. But when you have a mutated BRCA, you can't fix those mutations.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm super interested to see what comes down the pike in the next 10 to 20 years as more research unveils how to awaken or unmutate the mutated BRCA uh, because I think food can play a big part in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and i think we talked last time about how you know if if genes at the high end are responsible for 10% let's say of breast cancer 80 to 90% are because of our lifestyles right and absolutely, absolutely. That's, which is why we're going through these four steps that right. are crucial crucial and and i i'm i'm sorry i have to keep looking at the clock cuz you, you the information you're packing in here is wonderful And so I'm going to move faster and and just say, people, go to PinkLotus.com and check out your smoothie because it is – Packed with, you know, bananas, berries, Indian gooseberries, ancient maca, green tea, even like aloe, uh, some sort of aloe that you put in. There. Oh, I, thought, I thought aloe was just for my skin.
1: Right? No, no wait, imagine you, know, you put it on your skin, not to make it like soft and supple, right? It's for a burn. Like it's potent anti-inflammatory yeah. stuff. So we found a company that can cold process the entire leaf. You don't lose any of the phytonutrients, and they you swallow it down, and it gets inside your cells. Talk about squelching inflammation. It also has this mucopolysaccharide called ace mannin that
0: degrades estrogen receptors off cancer just mucopolysaccharide look at you just flows right (laughs) off the tongue (laughs) so so speaking of um flowing off the tongue Mm -hmm. when you're on rachel ray you talked about how the food of the year is the mushroom and so for people like tell people why they should eat white mushrooms and how beneficial they are for lowering estrogen capacity
1: Yeah. So this particular study was a meta-analysis and it found that the highest versus lowest mushroom consumers had 35% less breast cancer. But what I love is that the very fancy expensive ones that you think would have to be the winners like the portabella and the crimini, et cetera, shiitake, uh, while they are potent uh, anti-inflammatory, anti-aging mushrooms, the absolute runaway winner for lowering estrogen and therefore breast cancer was the lowly white button.
0: Oh, please, how- please. No, I can't. Oh, I can't go to it's,
1: no. it's on every salad bar. What? <laughs> um the white button in one study of Chinese women lowered the breast cancer incidence by 64%. And you probably are thinking to yourself, okay, but how many white buttons do I have to eat a day? Like 400? Yeah. yeah. No. It was 10 grams. It's basically a half away button, the size of the tip of your thumb. Oh. So shroom it up, people. I, I do mean, that. Food, whole food
0: shrooms. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Plant-based, I think people get it. Exercise regularly. That's number two for you.
1: Exercise is um, amazing. So it decreases estrogen levels. There's that bad actor again, but it enhances fat metabolism. It lowers inflammatory markers and it strengthens your immune system. So much so that your question should be, Does it really lower your incidence of breast cancer? And indeed it does. So one favorite study, did I say that? Yes, I did twice Um, of mine though, because it's, it makes people go like, oh, okay, that's doable. It was a prospective study following 17,000 women for, um, I forget how many years, but they followed them. And those who briskly walked, because it was just like power walking. You could chit chat with your neighbor there, right? for 11 minutes a day had an 18% drop in breast cancer. So exercise, just getting a move on matters so much. And if you really want to take it seriously, so most people at this point are like, well, how much do I really have to do though to see a benefit. Yeah. Ideally, just move more. I'm happy. I'm happy if you decide to be like me and not have a desk in your office and stand all the time or park farther away when you're going to the grocery store or the pharmacy. Or take the stairs. One of a uh, nice trick is if you work in a building <laughs> that has different levels, walk the stairs to a different department to go pee and then walk the stairs back up. Why are you using the bathroom right across the hall? Um, so just little things to make you, you know, dusting and ex- with gusto as you, you know.
0: You have, so you have, you have three sons. Are, are they triplets? Is that right?
1: They are. They are. Yeah. There.
0: So, so do you have, And so do you have dance parties where you guys all dance?
1: That is so cringe. I
0: can't even tell you. What does Rick. that mean, cringe? What does that mean? <laughs> that means
1: that means your kids can't even be seen with you in front of themselves alone <laughs> when you do something like that. <laughs> well, well, I used to. Let's say the dance parties are in the past. All but right.
0: We're, maybe we're, we're doing one tonight, and we're going to play Harry Styles. So do you, do you have chairs in your house, in your home? We do, uh,
1: oh. but we don't use them. We always end up standing around the kitchen uh, counter eating we hardly okay. ever sit at the table it might be because of all the boys jumping
0: on so, so i want i want to re- repeat a stat that i think i heard and that was that you said estrogen fuels 80% of breast cancers estrogen like so if we can eat plant based which brings down estrogen levels if we can exercise which brings them down i mean that's incredibly powerful what about what about alcohol We're, yes
1: so alcohol um let's just continue the theme increases estrogen levels oh my gosh (laughs) how how did you guess that i knew where you were going um but it also just let's face it is a carcinogen straight up carcinogen it forms acetaldehyde largely in your liver but even if you just swish and spit alcohol out mm, it's already metabolized into this potent carcinogen acetaldehyde in your mouth and then you swallow it down it also impairs immune system function And perhaps the biggest driver is that it inactivates MTHFR, which is not a bad word. It is an enzyme, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, which takes your folic acid from vitamins and folate from your leafy greens and turns it into the magic methylfolate, which very much like a BRCA gene will run around and babysit the DNA as it divides, fixing it if it makes a mistake. So when you drink, you knock out your MTHFR. When you drink, you may be one of the 30 to 50% of people on the planet who genetically have a suboptimal MTHFR. So now you've like really whacked it out for the day. So you're not making any methylfolate. So your DNA is not getting itself babysat. So a drink a day in premenopausal women will increase breast cancer by 7% per drink. So go up from there if you're more than one drink a day. A drink a day in postmenopausal women will increase breast cancer by 13%. Two drinks a day, 26%, and so on and upwards. So, you do want to minimize or eliminate alcohol. Honestly, if you don't drink now, don't start. Um,
0: do, you, do you drink at all?
1: I do have red wine on occasion. It, red wine of all the alcohols, it might have a little bit of redemptive qualities um, in the resveratrol. Admittedly, again, get it from the skin of red grapes, the kind with seeds, or blueberries. That you do not need to drink wine to get resveratrol. And it also, red wine is the only alcohol that has a estrogen lowering capacity. It's an it's an aromatase inhibitor.
0: Yeah, you know, I just I just did a retreat in uh, in Sedona with about ninety people, and there was a group of four girlfriends who all decided to come in their fifties and they all had gotten off alcohol in the last year. And they said their lives were so enhanced, Mm. so, so much better once they got off the alcohol for a a, a myriad of reasons. But I just think it's in this culture, alcohol is looked upon as such a, a, a must have when you're socializing and that you can't have fun without it. I am so dead set against that mentality and I'm just trying to get people to get off alcohol. It's not doing anybody really any favors. And I love the fact that in one of your, one of your promotions for your, um, you know, for your four methods of decreasing breast cancer, you had of all people, you had Ted Danson telling people to limit alcohol consumption. You our favorite
1: bartender of all yeah, time.
0: Exactly, exactly. I, I I don't know how you did it, but it's awesome. Maybe it was the but. Uh, uh,
1: you want to know a funny story? Yeah. So uh, one night, Andy and I came home from we were out at a party, and we. He's Ted Danson. We we've since moved, but Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen live next door. So we pull up to our house and we're pulling in. And all of a sudden we hear this crash and I jump out of the car and walk back. A man who was high or inebriated on something had smashed into their SUV, which rolled forward and smashed into their other SUV. Cause they didn't have driveway. They parked on the street. It's 1130 at night. And we had just moved in like a month prior. So, I come running over, they come running out. And so we kind of deal with that situation a bit. And then when things calmed down, the ambulance came and took the guy away. I got some big brooms and we were cleaning all the glass out of the street. And I went and said hi to Mary and said who I was. She's like, oh my gosh, I know you because you're friends with Cheryl. It was like a cute little like, I know who you are, which made me feel like warm and fuzzy. But then Ted and I are cleaning up the glass together. And he's, you know, he's next to me. He's like, well, Christy, I will never forget the day I met you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes yes uh okay let's move on to number four we well, i think we understand alcohol and there was a, a recent study from the lancet that talked about how the safest amount amount of alcohol is the least amount and you know again yes. just a hammer that at that point home for everybody number four is maintain a healthy weight we're going into the holidays right now and i just saw something that said on average people gain seven pounds over the holidays, that is hard
1: to do if you're eating whole food plant based,
0: I would say almost impossible. Yeah. Um, so why does losing weight help, like, reduce our risk?
1: It does. So be a loser. So be a quitter when it comes to smoking and be a loser when it comes to weight. Be a quitter when it comes to alcohol um, and be a, a loser of weight by Eating whole food plant-based that can do wonders for weight loss. If you're if you're heavy on the saturated fats, it's, it's pretty easy to start melting away excess pounds. Um, the big connection is again, I mentioned it several times, that fat has an enzyme aromatase, it's taking adrenal gland steroids like androsine diet, and making it into estrogen. A recent study um, from 2022 showed that if you were lean at age 20, And gain an average of 22 pounds, you increase breast cancer risk by 40%. So, gaining weight is a bad idea throughout life. The best, it's true that premenopausal, chubby, overweight women actually have some sort of poorly understood protective mechanism against breast cancer, but you're not gonna melt those pounds magically at menopause. It's only gonna get harder. And definitely, postmenopausal, overweight women have Mm. almost double the risk of getting breast cancer in between 50 and 250 percent more breast cancer recurrence and death solely attributable to the weight so interestingly it's not just estrogen production there's burgeoning research like it's all from like 2019 to 2022 that is talking about how leptin and the leptin receptor it's agonist um so it's so leptin if you don't know is produced and secreted into your circulation, mainly by adipose, by fat tissue. And then once leptin binds to its receptor, it crosstalks with multiple oncogenes, which then ignite numerous signaling pathways that release pro-inflammatory cytokines and growth factors. And the end game, bottom line, breast cancer initiation, progression, and metastasis. The second thing being overweight does is you have this adipose chronic inflammation, this like Simmering all day long. Uh, that's cr- because of the inflammatory cytokines, and we've seen that this adipose chronic inflammation promotes cancer growth, metastatic spread, angiogenesis. All these words I've been saying this whole day. Um, it modifies immune responses. So, like when your T cells are like, "Oh, let's get after that cancer cell," can't because mm-hmm. it just got the oncogene stuff got changed by the adipose to mediate the response in a negative way. And it interferes, get this, with hormonal or chemotherapeutic treatments, thus worsening cancer prognosis. So that's the big connection. This adipocyte chronic inflammation is stopping the efficacy, how effective your medications are if you're a breast cancer thriver in the battle of it all, getting chemo, getting aromatase inhibitors, getting tamoxifen. It is not negated but significantly decreased in effectiveness. Hence, that's why I just said overweight and obese women have 50 to 250% more recurrence and death. And the final connection between fat and breast cancer and a worse prognosis is insulin. So BMI, body mass index correlates directly to circulating insulin and insulin activates aromatase. Great. So we're making more estrogen. Insulin directly stimulates the growth and invasion of breast cancer cells. And insulin decreases IGF-1 binding protein, the little body snatcher that gets your IGF-1 lower. So guess what? It's just freely running around because nobody's snatching it. So it elevates your IGF-1, which then just leads to all the IGF-1 related badness that we talked about in videos past. Um, I'm not done with insulin. It stops apoptosis. There's our favorite word again. It's like, hey, cancer cell, don't implode, keep on going, keep on growing. And finally, it elevates VEGF, VEGF, which is this cytokine that promotes angiogenesis. Okay, being overweight or obese is definitely bad, but the beauty is if you lose the weight, you lose your risk, so be a loser, like we said.
0: Wow. It's amazing to me how you just put all that together. To help, I think all of us realize how interconnected everything is. Between, I mean, anyway, that's just it's it's jaw dropping to me. Uh, let's talk about some of your initiatives that you're that you're doing or you've done, and maybe are still going on, like breast buddies and local chapters. Go for it.
1: So. Everybody out there, just man, woman, or child, can be a part of our local chapters. We currently have 25 throughout the country in major cities. And these are groups that simply get together to walk the talk. We run, bike, hike, cook, camp. I have a five day fast coming up in the LA chapter because I don't like it when I don't to have to do my five day fast, which I do every four months. So I want us to be miserable together on Zoom at night. <laughs> um, so Does that sound like fun? No. So join your local chapter. It's totally free and it's just about community and camaraderie. And the kids can come, the, the, Significant others can come. It's fun. Now, just for my breast cancer thrivers out there, we have Breast Buddies. This is like a sacred program to me. And you actually have to kind of go through a couple of channels to become a Breast Buddy because we want to make sure you're not like a weird, a weird old man or something. So the Breast Buddies are specifically pairing newly diagnosed women with those who have been there, done that. But stage for stage, age for age, mm. treatment for treatment. So you can go in there and be like, I'm 42, stage two, chemotherapy, lumpectomy, radiation, and like match.com for breasts. All these women who are plus or minus five years your age, but chose your exact same treatments will populate, but they've been there, done. They're done. So they're there solely for the purposes of psychosocial support and community and just friendship, which you can be a voyeur and just kind of look at who matches you and be like, oh, look, she has a 10 year old son. So do I. I want to talk to her about how she parented throughout all that chemo or whatnot. So it's a really beautiful program. There are thousands of members. So you are very likely to find a match. And one of the reasons I and my husband Andy created it was because I read a study LACE, Life After Cancer Epidemiology study Mm. that um, came out uh, in 2012 and it followed, uh, over 2,200 early stage breast cancer patients for an average of 10.8 years. And those reporting out low levels of psychosocial support and, a, and or a lack of religious affiliation were 58% more likely to have died in the decade of follow-up solely attributable to the lack of connection. And you know what? Not everybody has a BFF. Not everybody likes their family. So everyone can have a breast buddy. And I, Really encourage you to tell your friends or family members about it who have or had breast cancer. Mm. We've got a ton of other stuff going on. Just check out pinklotus.com/slash power up. Not only is there my super fun cook live. Rip, did you see?
0: No, I have. I can't believe that was like at the top of the thing I was going to mention is cook live with Chrissy and Dr. Christy. I can't believe you've hooked up with Chrissy Ross. She Roth. She is she is so wonderful and um so like wanting people to become whole food plant based uh with her husband it's beautiful yeah,
1: yeah. she's so genuine and she has a deep knowledge of plants and has been you know, vegan for a decade and uh
0: yeah I just watched your Thanksgiving one where you made oh. that that you know kind of that meatloaf, the meatloaf, the meatloaf, and uh, yeah, you guys have a great great chemistry. It's a great show, and I think amazing.
1: your viewers will love it because so I always like throw in a little like a, like the other day with this one. I was talking about why chickpeas, and uh, it turns out it inhibits that invasion that I was talking about the matrix metalloproteinases that drill through the breast cell wall, colon cell wall. Chickpeas, stop it. What?
0: That's right. They stop all those 'er nerdy wells. What about coffee? I mean, should I wake up to coffee or not? Talk to me.
1: (laughs) Wake up to coffee, my friend. It is completely safe in terms of breasts or any other. It actually has been shown in multiple studies to decrease uh, breast cancer risk. However, it is a high amount. It's five cups a day. Um, So if that's going to make you bounce off walls, don't do it. I will say two things. If your breasts hurt, if you have breast cysts, being highly caffeinated may worsen that condition, but neither pain nor cysts is cancer. So that's just that. It doesn't cause cancer. The methylxanthines are thought to be maybe the protective effect. Now, watch what you're putting in your coffee. I drink mine black.
0: Right. If it's right.
1: if I'm done with my 16-8 fasting that I do every day, I might have a little soy milk in it, uh, unsweetened, uh, just made from organic soybeans and water. But Watch out, you know, the mocha, soy mocha latte is going to be filled with lots of sugar and saturated fat and stuff you don't want. So I'm easy on what you're putting in that coffee.
0: Well, it's interesting because I literally just today uh, read one of Dr. Greger's posts about how milk in coffee actually negates all the beneficial properties in that coffee. And Mm -hmm. I know that you recently were with him at the 10th Annual International plant-based nutrition healthcare conference how was that meeting dr gregor a oh, while wow.
1: oh, it was a wow moment he is just oh. such a generous sweet soul i mean way i screamed across the room he endorsed my book and so oh. we've talked many times on email so we're for friend, email friends but we've actually never seen each other oh. so I was like, after my lecture i was like he's way over there and i, and I just screamed out I go running like a crazy fangirl. Throw my arms around him. Luckily, his wife wasn't around. But I, thought, but I have a very sweet picture with him and my three sons at the conference. It was delightful.
0: He I, just, saw, it. I saw it. It is It is really nice. Um, question. What about sparkling water? Any, any thoughts on sparkling water versus still water? Like anything bad with sparkling water or nothing? Nothing to yeah. it.
1: I got nothing there unless you want to enlighten me. I will say, you know, you probably don't want to drink down the air.
0: I don't understand why the, the the women and the girls in my house, we go through, I don't know how many cases of the sparkling water. I, I don't like sparkling water. It doesn't satiate my thirst, but anyway, we have a, like a hundred dollar a month habit of these sparkling waters. So
1: you probably then should invest in that bubble maker
0: machine. We, we already did. I, I
1: will. I would caution. I guess if you have heart disease or hypertension, some of the bottled waters do have a high sodium content. So just check that if that matters for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got one minute. Any The floor is yours. Uh, anything you want to say? Where can people go for more information on Dr. Christy Funk?
1: So, pinklotus.com is a wealth of information. So from there, you can segue into Power Up. That's our active community. You'll find the kitchen there, the cook lives. I have my annual summit that is also available virtually for download and watching now, 11 and a half hours of me talking about this stuff and way more. So there are 10 big segments I have in that uh, summit, and eating is just one of them. So I have nine more that I deep dive. It's all research-based. I'm very proud of the summit. It's just (laughs) moi talking. So people are like, I could listen to her talk forever. I'm like, I hope you mean it because the summit, kind of feels like that. And I have um, Pink Lotus Elements, which is a very intelligent uh, women's health store. It's one of, it's the largest women's online health store. And it all has to do with products that I've seen over my 20 plus years as a breast cancer surgeon are vetted with randomized controlled trials, or just from my own trial and error, I see that these products really help women make a difference before, during, and after a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, and especially Two big winners in there, menopause miracle, so a non-estrogenic herb that really handles almost every menopause symptom that you could possibly throw at me. And number two that I love, because it works so well, is saffrony. It's just the herb saffron, but it's right. a med- it's a medically tested dose of saffron that works against ADHD and mood disturbances, anxiety, depression. People love it. So check out the store, it's filled with all sorts of vetted goodness. And finally, if you need me, if you'd like a personal consultation, either just to reduce risk because your family tree is crazy with breast cancer, or you yourself have a new diagnosis, or you were diagnosed years ago, but you feel like, mm, I may be uh, needing a little refresher on how to make sure this never comes back. I would love to talk to you. You don't have to live in LA, uh, com slash breast center. Just click on the breast center and contact us. I'd love to meet you.
0: Well, you are saving the breasts of America, truly. And I love the way whether it's the morning shows, you know, ABC, good morning, America, Rachel Ray, you're so forthright. As far as listen, the number one thing that we can do is get a whole food plant-based diet and you're not holding back. You know, you're not saying, you know, flexitarian Mediterranean, you're not dancing around like the bullseye and I love that. You know, you're Thank just you. like, you're like, you're the bomb. Oh, coming from
1: you. That's so sweet. It means so much. I oh. just- for uh, sure everything you're doing on this planet to promote a plant-based diet, and of course, you know I love your family to pieces.
0: Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you! All right, next time we're going to talk fasting, okay? Indeed, we will. All right, hey, hit me a little plant-strong uh, love right here. Okay, boom. That's a wrap. I I want to thank Christy for always shooting straight and being such an advocate for breast health. Her resources are unparalleled and I would encourage you to visit Pink Lotus, that's P-I-N-K-L-O-T-U-S, pinklotus.com for all of her resources, including Breast Buddies, her live cooking classes, and, and so much more. We can crush cancer if we move our bodies, get rid of that alcohol, find our ideal body weights, and of course... Always keep it planned strong. I, uh, I hope to see you next week. Thanks so much. The Plan Strong podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowicz, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn, Jr., and Anne Kyle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.